When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everyone? Welcome to Benchtown TV. My name is Jim, and I'm joined by my co-host, Paul. And today we are dropping our newest podcast feed covering Amazon Studios' Reacher Season 2. Reacher Season 2 is here, and we are pumped to be covering it. But first... A little Benchtown housekeeping. If you're listening from our Reacher feed and you're not familiar with our other podcast coverage, then we just want to introduce ourselves to you guys. We are the Benchtown TV podcast and we cover binge-worthy TV shows. We have been a podcast for almost four years and we've covered over 100 different TV shows and we've even had the opportunity to speak with some of the stars of our favorite shows. Our podcast covers so many different shows and besides Reacher, we would love to have you as a listener for those as well. We recently covered Gen V, Fall of the House of Usher, and Attack on Titan. And besides Reacher, we're also covering Jujutsu Kaisen, A Murder at the End of the World, and Beacon 23. Coming very soon, we have the live-action adaptation of Yu Yu Hakusho, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, and True Detective Season 4. So what I'm trying to say is that we cover a lot of TV, and we want you all to come for the ride. All you have to do is search Bingetown TV on any of your favorite podcast apps, or check us out at BingetownTV.com. So, Paul, we're here. We're going to be joined by Brian starting next week for Episode 4 and Forward. But today, we're the tag team. Season 2's here. And honestly, you know this. You're the only one on Benchtown who actually watched Reacher Season 1. You're the one who told me to check it out when Season 2 was coming. Bingetown TV. I binge-watched it. I just finished Season 1 as we were leading into Season 2. I thought it was an awesome binge. What did you think of season two so far just with the big three episode amazon drop like we always get i will say what is very nice about season two is we already know reacher we already know who he is we don't need to build him up and introduce him and explain why he is like he is he's a giant and he's a little socially different he he's right to the point you know he doesn't care about feeling we didn't need to do any of that setup we just got reacher being a hero saving a civilian right off the get and within a few minutes of him being on screen, he's already getting up calls from old buddies, going right into his new job. So that aspect, I love how season two really just hit the road running. Um, now, I want to hear your thoughts on season one, because that is exactly like what I just said. They had to do all that groundwork in season one. And I know we got a little uh, Willa Fitzgerald in mm. season one. We got a little uh, young Augie from Fall of the House of Usher. Um, so want to hear your thoughts. Honestly, I think Reacher is built for the binge. I thought it was a blast to binge because it's just popcorn entertainment fun. I... I Really quick, want to go on a rant because I did see a lot of people reviewing, maybe on Reddit or Facebook groups, saying they're not very happy with Reacher Season 2 because certain things are unbelievable or certain things don't seem like they could actually happen. And to be honest, yeah, I mean, Season 1 had plenty of that. Season 2 has plenty of that, too. I think you just need to understand when you're watching this show that it's not going to be full realism. I mean, we're talking about a guy here that's killing a million people and he's just walking away like nothing happened hiding dead bodies i mean he's just basically like dexter killing bad guys except nobody's busting him cops don't even care finley from season one that you know is like their homies and now in season two we have guy who finds out he blasted them with a pipe bomb and and all this stuff and you know it's just you have to suspend what you're thinking is going to happen here the realism of the show but otherwise if you do that it's a blast. I enjoyed it. Season one was so fun. Will Fitzgerald's my girl. Fall of the House of Usher, she was phenomenal. If you know Benchtown TV, and if you're fans of Benchtown TV, then you know that me and my sister Kathleen, guilty pleasure of us is the TV show, MTV Scream, and she starred in that. And there's plenty of other things Will Fitzgerald's been in, and she's been phenomenal in, but I actually didn't even realize she was going to be in it, so she was a pleasant surprise. Loved her. Young Augie from the Fall of the House of Usher, being Finley in season one, loved that as well. I just thought that the action scenes were great. It was fully just like next step, next step, next step. I just want to know what's happening. I thought that season one's ending, like the big reveal with the FBI agent, I thought was 
if we were covering it on the podcast, I would have guessed it. But otherwise, like there was plenty of stuff that caught me off guard, got me. I had fun making theories in my own head. If we were covering on the podcast, I would have had plenty of theories to run by you. So, yeah, I, I really did have a blast with it. And I was lucky enough to jump right into season two. And now we're here. And I'm glad you said you wanted to cover it. I'm glad you said that, you know, you had some fun with it and nobody else so far on the podcast has given it a shot yet and they will. Yeah. And I think one of the big, you know, complaints about the realism aspect is, or not even complaint. I think one of the part of the realism aspect is that's all like the action scenes, right? Like they're just over the top. I mean, Alan Richin himself is huge, so he's over the top. So they're going to go over the top of the action. And, I wouldn't even say it makes it unrealistic because, you know, there is a chance there's a tank out there could do all that. That being said, <laughs> the, the the season-long mystery aspect to it is the real hook. Um, all I can think about is Reacher being like, no way all those fucking cows are eating all that fucking food. Yeah, like over all, and over and over. <laughs> awful lot of that. feed that they're getting here. Yeah, so it, I just like the season-long mystery is the real hook. So I'm loving where we're already at with season two. We've talked enough. I can jump right into it. We're covering all three episodes today, but we're going to cover episode by episode. So I'm going to give a quick little summary of each episode. That being said... Episode 1, Summary. Uh, We see Reacher being a wanderer, being a boss, saving civilians, the usual, and right away gets a call from Neely, and it's about their friend Franz, who was murdered in no time. He is in New York. Get some details about it in the diner booth, like, so typical. Uh, Oh, yeah. We get a flashback of the formation of the special investigators and how Reacher built this team, all unique abilities including Neely, Dixon, O'Donnell, Franz, Swan, Orozco, Sanchez, and Lowry. Now back to present day, we see a few different parties following Reacher and Neely. We get a bald guy. We get Scarface, who calls to an old man who we don't really know about. And we get a fancy British comic book guy. Now, for those who have (laughs) all seen it, we're talking about Russo. Um, We're talking about Langston, the old man, and his lackey Scarface. And we're talking about A.M., the fancy British comic book guy. So at this point, we know that they're there and they're involved, but we don't really know what the parties are and who's with what. We find Franz's place broken into, but they still have the Pittsburgh key, so they're able to get the files that the intruder couldn't find. Um, We meet up with O'Donnell who is already back in the ransacked hotel. We get into Franz's hard drive, and that leads us into a list of AM aliases and seven pages of random numbers. Finally, we go to Swan's place. We see his dog died. All assumptions are Swan is dead. And finally, we see Fancy Man making a transaction. Not a very good guy. Seems a little dangerous. Oh, side note, Reacher mugs some drug dealers. Loved that scene. He does. So random. Yes, he does. That was a lot. So we can get his. So we can get a gun and some money. Hell yeah! To the preacher. That was ridiculous. So that was a lot. But season two, episode one. What were your initial thoughts? What scenes do you like? What? Where's your? Where'd your theories start getting involved? Yeah, yeah. So for this season, just like a lot of Amazon Studios, uh, the boys, Gen V, they drop multiple episodes at once. And it's tough for podcasters because, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about three episodes at once and we don't want this to be a three hour podcast. So we're going to generally talk about these episodes. And then once it gets to four, five, six, seven, eight, we're going to deep dive them because we're going to have one episode at a time. But just starting off with season two, episode one, it starts off hot. I loved Reacher just immediately justice, just like he always does. First of all, Alan Richin said he gained more weight for Reacher and he is enormous he is enormous i mean he's the perfect reacher it's exactly how the book would describe him and i also want to let the fans and listeners know that paul you have no knowledge of the books i have no knowledge of the books usually what happens is for the podcast we try our best to keep it separate anyway so for example wheel of time we do have some book knowledge but we keep it only for the tv show watchers and then we will randomly have side podcasts with the 
book readers if we have some SMEs that have read the books. But for Reacher, we have had no one read the book, so we are purely basing our knowledge on what we see on the television show. So to me, he seems like the perfect Reacher just on some background information that I've read about the books, about the character. I love him as Reacher. He is the man. So yes, he is even more enormous. He's a badass. He comes in, he saves the lady who's at the ATM, and then, cool as hell, Neely sends a signal to Reacher through the ATM, and he has a cool little back and forth with the girl at the thrift shop. And I just want to say that I'm super happy that Neely's back. Okay, now, again, I don't have any knowledge of the books. I know a little background information, so yes, I do know that she does reoccur and she's one of the only people that do reoccur throughout the book. So that's awesome to me because I loved her in season one. Really sad to hear that most likely we will never see Will Fitzgerald. Miss Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. <laughs> Will Fitzgerald's. <laughs> Will Fitzgerald's Roscoe ever again. It makes sense. We know he's a drifter. We know that he goes from town to town. It's pretty much an anthology series for the books and for the TV show. So sad to say we probably won't ever see Finley or Roscoe again. Though they could do it if they really wanted to. If he needed someone, he could call Finley or he could call Roscoe. Yeah. I was just thinking, but yeah, not at the same place. They just, you know, call, he calls him up and they just show Finley on the phone or something like that, you know, just. Yeah. And I up. mean, it depends how true they want to be to the books. Like, if you want to bring Will Fitzgerald back for season three or season four or Finley, you could easily have Reacher just be like, hey, I need some help. And then he calls and brings them in. They could fly in and they could be a part of it. But for now, it seems like they're not going to be. And like I said, it makes sense. But I'm so happy Neely's back. Like you said, Paul, we do start to meet these special investigators. I think a lot of them are awesome. I want to give some shout-outs here. We have to talk about O'Donnell. First of all, I like his character a lot. He's also the husband of one of our favorite 100 characters, major uh, favorite show of Bingetown TV, The 100. And we also have Swan, who I'm not going to tell you who he is in case you've never seen The 100 because it's a spoiler, but I'll let you know that he is in The 100. So a couple hundred alumni. There's other characters that are alumni, but I, I had to give The 100 a little shout. Well, O'Donnell, you, you didn't even get to it, but O'Donnell is married to Raven's actor in oh, real life. What did I life. say? You just married to a 100 character? No, you just you just <laughs> got so excited talking about the 100 that you got, uh, got into Swan a little bit. Um, oh, man. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, Raven, <laughs> one of our favorite characters from the 100, he is married to her. I got so pumped that I just started skipping words and I jumped to mm. the next one. So, yeah. He is married to Raven from the 100, Lindsay Morgan. Love that. So, yeah. I, I really like these special investigators. I like how we're introduced to them. The bar fight is badass. Mm. It's perfectly Reacher, where... Eventually, we find out, and Dixon basically comes in and tells him, like, yeah, wow, you did this on purpose, didn't you? And he's like, yep, I kind of did. We're going to all become homies now. So, yeah, Neely being not an officer started this fight. Reacher, who wants to mess with Reacher, by the way? He stands up, and those guys are still yeah. fighting back or still talking back. No way. That's why I love Russo so much, and we'll get into him. But, like, anybody who stands up to Reacher, you know they're scared, but, like, it, the... The absolute wherewithal just to do it in the first place. I'm like, oh my god, because Reacher is terrifying. Um, this whole flashback, I love all the flashbacks. I love young, you know, special investigators, uh, you know, one tenth, whatever you want to call them. They're so cool, just because I don't know. They're all in uniform. I'm, I'm sure that has something to do with it. They all look so official, and then you get them in real time, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they're on like street clothes and doing dumb shit. But like they're all official and doing military things and talking about you know high level cases. Um, and I like how they're doing a mystery in the flashback as well. So you know right. we got two little things going on. Maybe they're connected. Probably not. But it's just two little things to mm. look forward to. They're they're killing them all for a reason. Maybe they are connected. I mean I don't think we're gonna. You tell me if you're going to have some theories. I'm trying not to give too many theories this mm -hmm. early on in the show just because, just like always, we talk about this on every podcast, I love theories. I'll throw them at you all day, but this early, usually they're not even close, and it's just a waste yeah. of breath, but it's still so fun. It, and I just have to assume that these flashbacks are going to be connected to the present if we know that they're trying to knock off the specific um, team. I also liked how season one, these special investigators were brought up. They talked about how he had his own team. Now, the only person we ever heard from was Neely. 
I don't think any of the other ones were named. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but I don't think in season one any of the other ones were named. But Neely obviously was in season one, and we get talk of this special investigators team. So I'm glad we're getting this background because apparently when I did my background check or information on this season two, this is like book 11 for Reacher. I mean, I think there's like 24, 25 books. So season one was book one, but season two is book 11, yeah, which is crazy. But I do like how it, it seems like a natural progression because a lot of people, and I think we talked about this the other day, were wondering how you're going to have a scenario where season one, it's very personal. His brother is killed. You know, he just so happens to be there at this time. And that's like the suspending disbelief and the, the realism thing, too. Like he just so happens to drift to the area because he heard a song and his brother dies, that kind of stuff. Again, you just got to let it flow. Let it flow. Just enjoy the show. Enjoy the entertainment. But this is a personal vendetta Reacher is dealing with in season one. So what can they do to up the game and make it personal in season two? Well, here we go. He's not drifting and just showing up in New York. He gets a distress call from Neely because his team's getting popped mm -hmm. off. Yeah. And that, that was one of the things because I, I didn't really watch the trailers too much. I don't like watching in-depth trailers because I feel like they give away a lot. But yeah, um, going into this, I was thinking, you know, Reacher is not an emotional person. You know, season one, obviously, it was his brother. That's why he got involved. Like, how are they going to really connect him to a case? And just like you said, they did a really good job of it, you know, incorporating the flashback and everything. I'm buying it right away. I haven't talked to anybody who, like, wasn't like, eh, it seemed a little cheap. I'm, I think it's fine because, you know, Reacher doesn't care about anybody. But the people he does care about, he cares a lot about. So... I think right. it's perfect. Just because he hasn't seen him and talked to him in years doesn't mean he doesn't still have those feelings. That's just who Reacher is. You know, he, he can go off and, you know, meet up with you like five years later and be like, oh, what's up, buddy? And then be completely we'll always have your back. I, I mean, that was a mm -hmm. great scene. And we're jumping the gun here. But that was a great scene with Neely and Dixon where Dixon is saying, yeah, no one's talked to him. You're the one who doesn't really care if you talk to him because you just know who he is. But you're somehow the closest one to him. What the hell's the deal? And Neely's like, listen. I know who he is. He knows who I am. I know that we might not talk for days, months, years, but if I need him or he needs me, we got each other's back, just like season one. Neely was there for him. So yeah. Reacher does have some situations in season one and season two where he gets vulnerable. You know that he does get, if you want to quote Dixon, he does get lonely. He does crave some attention when it's certain people. And he's good at being the rock and hiding his emotions and things. But... One of the big scenes that I thought through these episodes was when they're all catching up and talking and you find out that Dixon was engaged and you can kind of see on his face that he's a little disappointed. And then they're all just talking about like what's going on. And he's like, basically like, I'm a drifter. People pick me up. I go to diners. I eat with some people. Maybe I don't. I mm -hmm. have a toothbrush to my name. The guy broke it in half. That son of a bitch. I, that was <laughs> my, my only possession. fucking line of episode yeah. one. Is asshole snapped my toothbrush in half. Now I have nothing. Yep. But basically, you can see during this conversation when they're all talking that like he's like, mm, you know, like he 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 understands that he really does have. Yeah. He doesn't have no one. He's just making it that way for himself. And, and that's something, honestly, that I didn't realize, but I would have been really annoyed about if season two jumped right into Reacher knowing nobody. Like, season one, he didn't make friends. He, like, barely made friends. He barely made friends right. with, like, the two until the very end of the season. Like, if he went around just, like, punching people in the face and pissing people off again, that will kind of would have been annoying. But the fact that they can bring in his old friends who he's already familiarized himself with and, you know, is friendly with, it's nice. It's refreshing. Yeah, and that and that's another thing about Reacher. Like, that's who he is. Like, he makes deep connections in his own way. He works with the special investigators, and they're all hugely close in their own way. They all pretty much look up to Reacher. Reacher works with Roscoe. Well, we know he gets close with her. But even Finley, where it doesn't seem like they're going to be meshing well, by the end, you know that if Reacher called Finley in season three, four, five, whatever, Finley would be there for him because they made that connection. And even with his mom talking to him when he's younger and when she's dying, he's got that big heart. It's just he's he is a certain way. So we talked about didn't want to get into too many theories because it is episode right. one. But I will say, and I still have this one going, I love O'Donnell. 
I hope he's good. Mm. I have a horrible mm. feeling that he might actually turn or be bad just because he just kind of popped up. You know, excuses worked out perfectly. He might be telling the truth, but, you know, I never know. I'm just waiting for him to actually be like a double agent. And I'm not looking forward to that. But were you getting those vibes at all? It's interesting that you say that because obviously when we're introduced to him, it's kind of a, a D-bag. You know, he's the one mm-hmm. starting shit with everybody when they're first introduced. He's like, what's this number pusher doing here? What's this old man doing here? Making fun of Roscoe's tattoo. And, you know, he seems kind of like the D-bag of the group. And they all eventually come to love each other. But, I mean, you can see it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, him showing up at that point seemed kind of weird to me. I mean, they must really, really trust each other for Reacher and Neely to have him show up at that time at the hotel and be like, oh, oh, I was, I just got here. And they're like, ah, what's up, brother? How you doing? Yeah. We miss you. You know, maybe it's too in your face and it should just be believed that they trust him. But I can see that. Like, I could see some kind of turn just because we need that. Because just like season one, you have to have someone working against you while you're doing it because Reacher's too smart otherwise. You know, mm-hmm. Reacher will catch you usually, but someone like the FBI agent or, you know, obviously a lot of the cops were on payroll and stuff, but you need someone actively working against you that's within your group to keep it on an even keel because Reacher's too good otherwise, mm-hmm. especially if they're all a group together. They're, they just seem pretty much unstoppable. They are the unbeatable. You don't mess with the special investigators, and they remind oh, us yeah. of that a million times. I agree. I do have a feeling that at some point, somebody close to them will turn. It won't be Neely. I hope but it's it, not Dixon. It, it might be the kind of episode three reveal we got. Swan might be the actual good guy that was working bad. So, you know, in saying that, they didn't have any of that shit figured out. They got the hard drive and then met up with O'Donnell. Like, O'Donnell could have been the one to, like, trash all the rooms. And then when he figured out they got what they needed, he was the, you know, I will say he was the one that thought of Reacher, the password, to help get into it. So mm-hmm. maybe he already had that. Um, in the back of his mind, or maybe he's just such a good and close friend that they don't even need to worry about trust. Maybe I'm just right. Maybe it's they trust each other so much, and we don't see his backstory that that's why I'm just like, oh, like I don't, I'm a little I think weird. They are guy. trying to harp on us. Yeah, I think they are trying to harp on us that this group really trusts each other and they're very, very close. And mm-hmm. obviously, we have the scenarios where. Franz and, and Neely and Dixon and Adon, they all have the frame picture. And Reacher's like, am I the only one without this picture? And they're like, well, if you don't have a house, where are you going to put the damn picture? So, I mean, they all love each other, it seems like. So they're really pushing that. But it could be two things. It could be making us think we need to trust them just because, hey, we're giving you some backstory. Trust them. Or, hey, we're giving you some backstory. Trust them so we can shock you with his turn as a plot device later in the season. Which... Either way, as long as they play it out right, I'm down. I'm fine with it. No, yeah, it's just, you know, there's nothing to dissuade me one way or the other from episodes two or three, so I thought I would just bring it up now because I was feeling this all the way back in episode one. I love O'Donnell. Mm -hmm. I love his character. I think he's amazing, the back and forth that they have between the group. Well, So I, you know, I don't want him to be bad. I'm just, that is a thought that I thought I would share with you guys. Yeah, I heard that. Anything else on episode one before I hit the episode two summary real quick? No, feel free to move on, and then we'll just bounce around as we need. Yeah. All right. So episode two, we learned the bald guy following them was actually a cop, Russo, a.k.a. Guy from Entourage. So they meet up with Dixon as well, who was so undercover that it took her second to meet there. I'm just going to say it now. I love Dixon. Again, I don't know. I don't trust her. Well, I trust her a lot, but okay, I don't trust well, let's, her. <laughs> let's, right. Let's pause this because we didn't even bring up the fact that O'Donnell's excuse is that, hey, I'm married and I did a week unplugged in a cabin with my wife and kids. Mm-hmm. And I believe everyone besides Reacher knew that he's married with kids, but it's, they all seem to be like shocked that he's domesticated and stuff. So mm-hmm. not that it's fully a lie. Like he probably does have a wife and kids, but that could easily be a lie. Yeah. And, you know, she's so undercover, she probably can't say who she's working for or who she's, you know, undercover investigating. So she doesn't even need to make up an excuse beyond that. Like, she created an alibi that doesn't need any more explanation. That's, like, perfect. They trust each other enough where she can just say, hey, I was undercover. And they say, cool, we get it. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know. I love Dixon. Again, I don't want her to be a double agent, but I, I agree. will not be incredibly surprised if it does happen. But anyway, um, so we actually get uh, the flashback, which is the start of the fuel embezzlement case. And this was Dixon Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Reacher and the beginning of the will they, won't they, which we get an answer to. They won't. Pretty quickly. They didn't didn't for a long time, um, which was crazy because I thought they were going to be obviously hooking up in all of those little cabins that they were stationed at. (laughs) Um, but they go to Atlantic City in real time now, and they find Sanchez in Orozco's place, which is also trashed. Um, they go to the bar to find where his girlfriend works, and they get this quote of 650 at 100K apiece. And she right. knows that for a fact, and she also heard Swan's name involved. Uh, mm-hmm. Like we said, pretty much everybody is on the same page that Swan is dead because his dog died of dehydration the last episode, and there's no way Swan would ever do that, let his dog go through that. Um, so all assumptions are he is gone, but his name was brought up in this conversation with the numbers. They also find out that Scarface dude was there two weeks early at the bar asking for the same girl and getting more info. So they go to the hotel that Sanchez and Orozco worked at to do security, freelance security, and they actually get the header to give them some info in a room. Diction and Reacher get followed but end up jumping their followers. Um, mm-hmm. Don't get me started on all of the concrete details and little nuances because <laughs> it was just talk about not realism, man. I was, I was, getting, yeah, right. <laughs> just some wet concrete there for you to to drown someone in oh i was like what are those curing conditions there's no way i was getting i was getting heated (laughs) you gotta ask emily but anyway they kill those guys go back to the hotel we get reacher and dixon banging she just had to wait like 15 20 years whatever it was yeah right i'd wait for reacher oh hell yeah we get a fancy comic book man aka am uh, making some mm-hmm. business transaction. So we see him slicing dice real quick. And then at the end of the episode, we get the head of hotel security telling them that the casino books are good. So he doesn't know what mm-hmm. that number transaction deal they were talking about was. But also, unfortunately, they found two more bodies where they found Franz and it's Sanchez and Orozco. Same injuries right. as Franz and everything. What does Richard do? Got to get more guns. Gotta do some cowboy shit, even though that's next episode, but still, I love that line. I mean, it still works out. He does some cowboy shit beginning episode three. So yeah, this was huge for me, this episode, because it cleared up the different parties that we were talking about, you know. Mm -hmm, Bald mm -hmm. guy, Russo, not affiliated with the Fancy Man and Scarface and Langston. Right. So Russo is now a cop, which was, first of all, Reacher going out and kicking the car to set off the airbags. Fucking hysterical. <laughs> I mean, that was amazing. Nobody ever saw that coming. Even the ball guy's like, what's this guy going to do? What's this guy going to do? Pull me yeah. out of the car? Look um, at this big guy. What is he going to do? Yeah, so that was amazing. Now we know it's a NYPD detective, I guess. He's the lead investigator mm-hmm. of the Franz murder. So we got him as one party. He is the police. We got Reacher and the special investigators. And then now we have A.M., and Mm -hmm. langston now right we know they're working together but to an extent it seems that they're just on two separate parties working on a business transaction right right. so we're we're getting a little bit more of the story put together yeah so we have our introduction well we have our world building here we have some of our parties like you said being established so langston and scarface Scarface is the hired muscle. Langston and AM, they're two separate parties, and it seems like AM is just helping broker this deal for Langston. Langston, we find out in episode three, is a newbie to this whole thing, and AM is, as you can see from his character's introduction and throughout the episodes, he's very experienced. Now, Guy Russo, we get a lot of him in episode three, and that's where he becomes our boy, but... um. I had to give him the Entourage shout-out. He's in plenty of stuff, but I loved him in Entourage, their childhood friend. He still looks the same. Good for him. He really does still look the same. You know, he looks maybe a little bit older, but he pretty much still looks the same. Uh, I love the actor, so I'm glad that we have him, and he'll be he'll be fun this season. But 
Yeah, Reacher kicking the, the car with the airbag, especially like, what's this guy going to do? Boom, right in his face, gets out of the car, beats the shit out of him. Again, suspending the disbelief because now it's a cop who just got the shit beat out of him. But again, they do say like, all right, now there's going to be a warrant for your arrest. How are we going to deal with this? I mean, they took mm-hmm. it very seriously that that's what happened. And we have Scarface calling and he's and he's checking in on him. And the, and the moral of the story here for episode two is we pretty much are starting to find out that this... Atlantic City trip is for nothing. It's going to be fully in New York. Everything's based out of New York. But, I mean, obviously there's a lot of important things that happen in Atlantic City for us here. We get rid of Scarface. He's gone. He's not a thing anymore because of this big uh, concrete throwdown. But, yeah, we have we have the special in- investigators hanging out in AC, partying it up a little bit. Kicking ass in the casino, too. She's openly counting cards, Dixon is, in her mind, and she, like, knows all the and laws. Wh- so, she's, so she says it's not illegal to do it in your head, I but think, it's obviously frowned upon majorly. I think casinos But it's just funny just, how she calls the guy out. Yeah, they can kick you out whenever, but I guess she doesn't actually give a shit. She's just fucking around. So she's just like, eh, whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I guess she can't like do the math out on a piece of paper in front of you or something. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway. I mean, she was outwardly doing it, like literally like telling the dealer like, no, you're going to bust here. I mean, very openly, but it's, it's awesome. It's just showing us how smart she is. And it makes it make sense to us that as Reacher says throughout the episodes, if there's a number problem it's Mm -hmm. going to be figured out by dixon and it is figured out by dixon eventually no it was definitely a really cool way to just show how good with numbers that she is that she can just count Mm -hmm. those going into the flashback where we get dixon coming to reacher with this fuel embezzlement case um right she is saying I just, I, it is the beginning of the case, so there's still a lot of open ends, but I just love this fact that she's just like, in investigation, details matter, and he's like, oh, I like that, I'm going to use that. I like that. And he just uses the shit out of it, like, all the time. Season one and season Season two. one. Yeah. Yep. So, I just love the little details, world building there. If you're talking about details, because in the show, details matter. <laughs> they do. They do. Know. Assumptions kill and details matter. Reacher with all of his little mm-hmm. lines. So going into the numbers with Dixon, she knows that, you know, there's not any 100% if they are fractions. And the first four pages have 26 numbers. The fifth is 27. The last have 26. Were you Mm -hmm. having any guesses? Because I was just like, I hope they drop another clue soon because I have no idea. The one thing that I will say about Reacher is... I wasn't expecting season one because I had knew nothing about Reacher. I didn't expect it to be a full-on, like, mystery with the action. Like, I thought it was pretty much just going to be an action show. Obviously, there could have been some mystery to it, but I didn't realize it was going to be a pretty big mystery where you're trying to guess and theorize. And I think, honestly, when it comes to Reacher, though, it's one of those shows where you can probably guess some stuff, but most of it you just have to wait for them to give it to you. You can think about it, but... Yeah, these numbers, I'm going, all right, fractions, no, like, numbers, casino, no. Like, you know, I'm thinking stuff, but it, you know, I wasn't going to say, oh, days of the week, weeks of the month, and and seven months at the end of the year, you know, things like that. I was like, is this an alphabet? Are these numbers letters for alphabet? Because it's 26. That's that's smart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, 26, and then all of a sudden, 27, they're like, hey, is there any other uh, letters we can use here? Yeah. Mixing in, like, another language's letters or something. I don't know. I'm basically getting that. I had no idea where we were getting. I will say... I'll focus on other theories. (laughs) Right. And I will say, I go hard when we have a week in between. So, season... Or episode three to episode four, I'm sure I'll think of some theories. Because I had that time. But the binge doesn't really give you Mm -hmm. too much time to think. So, I honestly was just letting it ride. I didn't really think of anything, too, with the numbers. I kind of was just like, all right, we'll find out what it is when it's time to find out what it is. Same with the list of aliases. I was like, I feel like you're not going to get anything other than it's a list name of aliases. Like, I don't don't know. Maybe we'll get something more with it. But we got that from the flash drive as well, right? We got the numbers. Well, that's over. Like, I mean, they pretty much busted AM, and now he's not going to use them anymore. I mean, at the time... When they found the AM alias names, we pretty much did kind of know that that's, that was referring to AM just because we did see him already at, at that point in the show use two aliases. Like, he burns the passport, and then he moves on to the next alias, and they were both AM. So, mm-hmm. 
that was already kind of giving it to us. And then when they figure it out, by the time they figure it out, it's over because yeah. they give it to the cops. And then he finds out that they gave it to the cops and he won't yeah. use it anymore. Even Reacher right away was like, oh, like aliases with the same first initial of the first and last name are easier because you just do the same big letter and then a bunch of squiggles after. Right. So your handwriting still looks the same. Um, and he kind of figured that out right away. Um, so I, I don't know. They kept bringing it up and I didn't know if it was going to lead to more or if it was just done, but it seems like it's pretty much done. Like exactly what you're saying. Um, yeah. Our boys. I think smart. there's certain things that I think there's certain things that they want to do to just show how smart Reacher is and not even need us to try to figure it out. They're just letting Reacher figure it out quickly to show us that he's really, really smart not just a big old brute. I mean, everything. Oh, it's an alias. And then, like, even the other special investigators, when they hear about it, oh, yeah, that's got to be an alias list of names. And then the password stuff, he's like, he keeps saying throughout the episodes, I hate password stuff, I hate password stuff. And then they try to figure it out, and they're trying to, you know, three passwords under three minutes, or the thing is going under to delete itself? My yeah. goodness. That is, like, I don't even know. Like, that's crazy. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to think under that pressure. So it was cool that they were all able to come in together. And the new guy, O'Donnell, was able to kind of find the answer there. So Right. Um, and, and the answer gets them the alias names and the numbers. So going back to your theory about, like, is O'Donnell bad? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not big enough of something. Like, maybe that's just, like, a taste that doesn't really matter where he can give that to them, make it seem like he's on their side. Yeah. Like, he's the one who comes up with Reacher, gets them that answer, and then they trust him even more. But the numbers and the aliases aren't hugely important. But, I mean, it almost burned AM, so it seemed actually like it was important. So, I don't know. Uh, it, it's still up in the air to me. Yeah. Kind of just got to wait and see at this point. Don't have too much to go on. A few amazing scenes that... These scenes really make me enjoy the show a lot, because they, like, little one-liners of dialogue or just little, little actions but i actually laugh because i'm like ah that's amazing that's so that's so reacher reach would do that when <laughs> so when reach dixon is like you unpacked and he pulls out the toothbrush and puts it there yeah i, I started fucking cracking it has, up it, it has the, the tape around it oh my god keeping it, was, it together it was so funny i love that um and i love when he goes to the buffet and he's just piling that food on, and he's like, Doreen, I'm just warming mm -hmm. up. Like, don't, don't you just worry. Just getting started. Yeah, just like a little shit And like it's that. funny, too. Like, that was apparently in, the, like, the middle of the night almost. Like, like, a little bit later, he's, like, couldn't sleep either when he finds Dixon. So he's just going downstairs and just pounds some food while yeah, he's, he's bored and can't sleep. <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah, Dixon playing blackjack. And So, question, do they just go for a walk? Because they're... The casino is in the hotel that they're staying at, right? Right. So, so Dixon says, they get thanks for out. coming with me. Well, they don't get kicked out because she decides to get up. The guy basically is like, you need to stop gambling. And she says, actually, I don't because it's not illegal and you can't get me in trouble. But because the casino owner was so nice to us, I'll stop and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll cash out. And then she says, all right, big guy, grab all the chips for me. And then when they're walking, she says, thanks for walking with me. Thanks for coming with me. I always need a walk to clear my head. And with all this stuff going on, my head's really foggy. Gotcha. So they basically just decided to go outside and go for a walk. And then this obviously leads to the big concrete throwdown. And Reacher, like always, now we know these special investigators. We knew this about Neely, but, you know, you can't tell these guys. I mean, Reacher caught the black sedan by Scarface a million times. He knew the people were following. They always reason out how they're going to figure this out. So obviously they see the two people tailing them, and then they see the, the car in front of them, and they're waiting to be ambushed. So they jump over the fence into this construction site, and here comes the big old throwdown. Yeah. A few things that were really cool. One, that Dixon caught the guys trailing them before Rachel did. Just shout out to her. Mm -hmm. Two, how he's like, all right, jump the fence, three, two, one, go now. And she just does it. Like, she's like, all yep. right, like, yes, yes, major. And um, the other thing I was going to say is that concrete was bullshit, all right? Whatever <laughs> structure, whatever that fucking pier that was getting poured, garbage. It's not going to be structurally, that water to cement ratio was atrocious. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. Yeah, well, one question I have, and I guess, you know, she's part of the special investigator group, but we do know from... 
O'Donnell's speaking his mind when they're first introduced that she's just an accounting person. I'm surprised that she's such a badass. I mean, I know she's still in the army or in the military as a special investigator in this team, so she has to have some kind of combat skills, but she's a badass, just like all the rest of them. You know, mm -hmm. O'Donnell does say, you know, what's up with this number cruncher? You know, like, it's making it seem like she's only an office person, but she obviously holds her own multiple times throughout these three episodes. So props to her. I love the back and forth with her and Reacher where he's like, you need help? And she's like, nah, I got it. And yeah. she goes, does her thing. Scarface was a little weird. They say, no guns because there's a warrant for your arrest. We don't want any cops. And then Reacher says, oh, yeah, it looks like they're pulling out their knives, so no guns on their part. I mean, Scarface has the silencer gun. And... Mm. I don't know. I mean, could have pulled it, that out from they, the get go. Yeah, I don't know, but whatever. So Reacher climbs up to the top, has his guy follow, and obviously these are all cool fight scenes. I would have been okay if Reacher picked up the cinder block and threw it as easily as he did if it was Reacher doing it. But then the guy kind of like throws it back at him, and yeah. I'm like, are these things made of rubber or something? Like, oh, on. Man, I was watching with Emily, and when Reacher throws the guy off the scaffolding and he lands on the cinder blocks. He literally yeah. like bobs up and down for a second like a trampoline because the cinder blocks <laughs> are like foam. And Emily was like, that was yeah. the fakest looking. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but you're looking at his muscles the whole time. You're not looking at the details. Yeah, exactly. So, and he's, and hey, Reacher's like tan this season too. Like, I mean, he's like ready to get on the bodybuilding stage, man. He's doing it. They gave us, um, it's actually right after this where Reacher and Dixon go back to the hotel and they're getting a little flirty. And mm -hmm. there's a scene, or it's right here, but there's a shot where you get a side view of Alan Richin and his abs stick out like two inches. Oh my gosh. It looks uh, like if you were to his wife and you're like in bed with him, you probably get stabbed like from his muscles all the time. <laughs> it does not stabbed look- Stabbed by each, each individual ab. It does not look uh, comfortable. But she actually has that line- Oh, I need to find exactly what it was. Oh, she says something, Dixon, that is, is like, I know you're lonely, but you don't have to be lonely tonight. And I'm like, Robin yeah. Trubotsky said that to Barney to seduce him one time. <laughs> and Barney totally- A little How I Met Your Mother. She must be a How I Met Your Mother fan. Oh, totally. Speaking Does that of confirm Selena that How I Met Your Mother is canon and Reacher? Selena Gomez just posted on Instagram watching How I Met Your Mother, so that made me very happy. There you go. But- Anyway, that uh, seduction line by Dixon, I was like, hey, smooth. And uh, he got it. I guess she got it, really. <laughs> Two things I want to say. The first thing is I did like the line where Dixon does say before the throwdown, what's the deal? Like, why didn't we ever happen? And he gives the typical Reacher answer where he says, well, I was your commanding officer. I was your boss and blah, 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 right? And then she kind of says, well, you're not, you know, you're not now. And that's part of the, the seduction later. And then, but I do like how that kind of eased into her being like, so I have another question for you. And you think she's going to like ask something like else when it comes to that. And she's like, so who are these two bros <laughs> following us? Um, who are these cock blocks? But the other thing I will say is Dixon's fine. Like I like Dixon. I really like her character so far. I mainly like her as just a special investigator. I'm not saying I necessarily like her as the new girl for Reacher, don't have much background information, but just like everything's anthology, I do know that he pretty much has like a new girl every book. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense he has a new girl this season. But I thought him and Roscoe was way stronger, were way stronger than what they've done so far with him and Dixon. And it goes back to the whole thing where you just have to trust these flashbacks they're giving you, where people are like Neely and other people are saying, like, you always had a thing for Dixon. Don't lie. We always thought you guys were going to get it. That kind of stuff, they're like, they're just hoping that we feel it and we understand. But with season one, Roscoe, it was building throughout the season, and you knew that eventually it would happen. But when it did, it paid off. Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel that with Dixon. I'm not saying it's awful or anything, because again, if you're telling me every season Reach is going to have a new girl, then I don't think I care and I don't think I need a new love story every season. You want to give yeah. me a little something and have them be in a, th a thing? Fine. But I do it's, like Dixon as one of the special investigators. Yeah, it's kind of like James Bond in that aspect. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you're, 
not that you you want him to have a new girl each week like i don't know it'd be nice to have the same recurring character and relationship build but like if there's gonna be one you don't need the crazy love story like you're saying it's more of a lust story if you yeah, will yeah so and with all the background too and honestly with the flashback it's almost like yeah she was waiting for it for a long time so there's a decent amount of history there yeah they they definitely want us to feel it in the way that they tell their story and yeah. it, it's just based on taste like i didn't know this about reacher for each season in each book and in, in season one when i was watching it like i thought when i was meeting roscoe that there was a chance we'd see her again and you were the one who texted me and said nah we're not gonna see wills fitzgerald anymore and by the time i was done season one mm-hmm. i was kind of more learned about reacher so i'm fine with it it's just that i liked roscoe a lot better yeah, for I, Reacher. I, would, I would agree with that. And we got a lot more of Reacher and Roscoe's connection. Um, right. So anyway, still love Dixon. The only other thing I had for episode two was we got AM fancy comic book guy. He is making a business transaction. Apparently all 50 or all 650 will be in the truck jacked with a GPS two ambush points along the route and in return he's getting weapons and he's like oh the driver won't be harmed right he's like oh i'd never harm anybody yeah Should we just watch harm anybody yeah so um we know that that transit i don't know if we're going to get the transit at all or if it, this is all just set up for saying hey this deal is coming down but it's just i like right. the, the fact that they said hey there's two ambush points on route and then the only other thing i was going to say is i love the detail that we got that orozco his sister was so nervous that he was going to get in an unidentifiable yeah. injury that that's why he got Orozco and a service number tatted on his back. Because um, you're like, who's this loser that has his own name tatted on his back? Like, and I mean, basically what O'Donnell says. Yeah, you get the when they first behind meet. it. Oof, my God. So yeah. it's, it's and really that one touching. cuts you deep. So, yeah, agreed. Episode two, about Wrapped. Anything else for you, James? No, let's move on and we'll just... Again, keep hitting whatever we need to hit. We'll, right. we'll rewind if we need to. Episode three. So we get the scene of Franz being pretty much murdered and tortured right away. So I was like, okay. So it's not really a mystery anymore. They're giving it to us. Um, we right. open with Franz's torture scene and eventually him getting tossed out the helicopter. We also, present day, we get Reacher flexing his gun knowledge, his gun law knowledge, I should say. That whole <laughs> yeah. scene, just so funny. On their way home from that gun shop, they get pulled over and we officially get introduced to Detective Russo. Uh, we didn't have his name. Well, we did have his name, but this was, you know, their first dialogue back and forth. Reacher and O'Donnell go with Russo to the police station while Dixon and Neely handle the parking pass at the New Age Company. Reacher and Russo butt heads in the interrogation room, but in the end, they're going to come out working as a team. Um, we continue the flashback of the fuel embezzlement case, now linking a murder to what might be heroin trafficking causing the extra weight. That's why the fuel, extra fuel is being burned. We don't know that. That's pretty much all we got at this point. But we did mm-hmm, get mm-hmm. that, uh, what was his name? It was there. his boss came in and he was like, I was around oh, the corner yeah. at the Wawa. And I was like, they're everywhere, man. Heard Freaking that. Wawa. Heard that. Love it. East Coast. So where were we? Totally got distracted by Wawa. Um, don't we all? Oh, dude, it's so bad. We're talking about, oh, you know you know what it was? It was Dixon and Neely talking about Dixon banging Reacher that helped Dixon crack the numbers case. Um, she figures <laughs> out that, dude, all you need to do is just get laid and all your problems get solved right away. Look your at this. mind clears. You don't um, need to go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, she gets that it's all dates. She somehow figures it out. And is like, if you work... Six days a week for a month, it's either 26 or 27. I'm like, of course, of course. Just like you're saying, Paul, there's no way we're figuring that out. You know, that's just one of those things where you're just watching Reacher and they give you some answers as it goes. Even Neely's like, I didn't get anything you just said after, oh my God. Yeah. I I believe you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody in the special uh, investigators is special. They got their own unique abilities and high level number knowledge is not Neely's. Um, So we got. AM dodging the police at the airport. Um, he's on the phone with Langston talking about the negotiation will still happen. He's just going to be a little bit be a little bit late. The squad goes to the 
address that they were given from the new age employee going and killing everybody. It's crazy. But they yeah. were able to get some info from a new age employee. Russo gets involved. You know, Richard gives him a burner so he doesn't have to meet up everywhere and they'll be in contact. Says, don't do some cowboy shit. They go and do some cowboy shit. They go to the new age company building and grab all that they can. And here they see a company photo and who is an employee but Swan. And that is how mm-hmm. episode three ends. A lot in episode three. I guess we'll start from the beginning, but mm-hmm. I do want to say that we have, you know, we have Russo and I'm glad we're going to flesh this character out. It's not going to just be, oh, I got a cop that we're dealing with. I love Russo so far. I love his actor. So New York, man. I thought it was, thought it was, yeah. I thought it was hilarious that he thinks he could fight Reacher. No freaking way. Yeah. He's like, take those cuffs off. He yeah, goes right. Over and he takes them off. I love that. But absolutely so, no but way. But he's, yeah. I mean, he's a badass. That's fine with me. He's a badass. At this point, Scarface is gone. We're getting a lot of AM here. The scenario that we have, the big thing that comes out of the conversation between Guy and Reacher and O'Donnell is that. Reacher gives these alias names to Guy. He's able to put that in the database, and this is where we come up with them finding out that he is about to board a plane in an hour, and they're gonna they're gonna try to bust him. So, AM from our point of view is super smart. We know that he's a, he's a pro. He's experienced. The cops take a big L here. Now, yeah. I think that the okay, the problem is that the TV show is trying to make it obvious because we're seeing it through his point of view. I would never have known. But, yeah, I don't think you should know. I think it's just they're showing us from his point of view and what he's thinking. It's the narrator. So that's fine. I myself, I'm giving myself some props. I thought he was going to bump the guy and have an empty bag, and that's where he was going to figure mm. it out. So I initially give myself some props for that. Thought he was planning something or stealing something. And then when he's on the phone later, he's like, I don't think a lot of people travel with empty suitcases. I was like, you smart little son of a gun here. So we got, uh, it's like a little Moriarty action from uh, yeah, Sherlock. Yeah, Sherlock and Moriarty. Let's do it. So, yeah. AM, I mean, I guess we're kind of just talking about AM here. So, yeah, he gets away. He's not burnt. Well, he knows he's burnt, but he didn't get busted. He calls Langston, who, by the way, we didn't bring up the fact that, hilariously, it's Neely that uses the Sarah Connor alias, right? Or is it Dixon? I I think it's Neely. And, you know, they make the Sarah Connor joke, and obviously Langston is the bad guy in The Terminator. So, Mm -hmm. hilarious, because he says, who the hell's Sarah Connor? little Easter egg for everybody, but love it. he calls Langston up. This is where we find out that, yes, they're working together, but they don't know each other well. AM's the pro here. Langston's never done it before. Langston's getting a little jumpy based on what's happening. He's saying, oh, you're late. This is going to blow everything. And AM's like, yo, I've done this before, man. Chill. I'll get this mm-hmm. figured out, and I'll get there, and we'll take care of this. So... I don't know, like, I guess Lang... I mean, listen, I, I think that they obviously reveal Langston's a big bad and AM's a big bad. I don't know who the big bad is, though. Do you think it's AM, or do you think it's going to be Langston? Do you think AM's going to end up being... It's like in Reacher Season 1, where we think the whole time that the dad, the owner of the company, is the bad guy, but then his son, he killed, the son killed him, and he's yeah. the big bad. No, I I'm, I'm, was just actually about to bring up the same thing because who's on the other side of this deal right we know langston is one side we know am mm-hmm. i'm figuring that am is just a third person to help mediate the negotiation yes i'm that's figuring what i'm thinking too yeah so there is a whole in my eyes there's a whole other party involved who's making the purchase right. of whatever the 650 at 100k is so, I yes, I still think we're going to meet, like, the big, big bad. I don't think Langston is... Obviously, we see Langston torturing and killing Franz and getting the crowbar right. and breaking his legs right before he tosses him off the plane. I love the line with uh, Franz when he says, I'm laughing because I can't wait to see what the big guy does to you. And yeah. he's like, who the hell's the big guy? <laughs> uh, you're going to know the big guy. And that was... You're you going to meet the big guy. Episode one, Scarface mm-hmm. calls... Langston and is like they just met up with the big guy so it's just amazing how that uh that works out Mm -hmm. so again I don't know if if Langston is the seller 
then I'd figure he's not the big, big bad because the big, big bad is the terrorist, quote unquote. They already kind of leaned into it like, hey, we're our friends mm-hmm. actually involved in, you know, terrorism. Is that what this is getting into? And that might be what it is. So it can easily be a scenario where Langston is being told what to do by the big, big bad. And if we're going to connect it to what they were doing as the special investigators, then yeah, it mm-hmm. could make sense that that third party is going to end up being a reveal as the big bad. Now, saying all that, we did get the reveal this episode that New Age, this company, is involved way more than we thought. Mm-hmm. They, it gave them a fake address to go and get ambushed. Well, it was a real address, but it was just not the address that they were looking for. <laughs> um, right, right. Which... Also, I guess I'll ask you that in a bit, but that's how they knew that New Age 100% was in cahoots. So this could be New Age like helping Langston sell, or it could be them buying. I really don't know. Isn't so? My thoughts when watching this is that Langston is the owner of New Age. Is that not because in the picture he's like the guy in the in the oh, center? Oh shit! Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, so that's like his company. So no, I'm an idiot. When yeah. they go. When they go to New Age, they're going to Langston's company, and the lady gives them that address. Now, they fully figured out that they were going to be ambushed, and to me, as I'm watching this episode, I'm just like, oh, they're going to just like walk in and start looking for stuff, and then I see them throw the the pipe bomb, and I'm like, Jesus, what is going on here? And then all these guys start getting blown up, and I was like, okay, all right. Mm. And then we obviously get the reveal that they knew it was probably going to be an ambush, but... Yeah. It caught me by surprise. I wasn't expecting a pipe bomb. I know he says, like, hey, we need to go to the <sighs> hardware. hardware store. but <laughs> No, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, dude, you are shooting people before they even fully come around the corner. Like, how do you know you're not shooting yeah. an innocent? And it's like, okay, well, if you go in with the knowledge that it's an ambush, um, then, okay, that makes way more mm-hmm. sense. But mm-hmm. I was totally thrown off guard. Uh, now, let me ask you, he, Reacher called the elderly neighbor beforehand just to confirm that this address was scarface's actual house right but it wasn't scarface's actual house or was it so it and then it was he but they know he's gone he evacuated and now this ambush was in place because they knew everything that was happening i guess yeah so scarface must have lived there and then now he's dead and gone and then we have neely and dixon going and asking questions and the lady must have known that, okay, here's the address and here's the name, that this is going to be a problem. So maybe she called Langston, maybe she already just knew what to do, but she gives this address saying, yes, it's his old place, and gave the actual address so it can, can be it can be confirmed, but they knew they'd show up, so they set the ambush to ambush them when they got there. Gotcha. And that's why they had the new age employee watching to make sure the ambush worked gotcha which was ridiculous because how does reacher get that guy in the car the guy run the driving in circles over and over and over and over for reacher to throw yeah. a freaking grill at him i don't <laughs> understand how this guy didn't drive away reacher like pauses for a second to look at the grill the guy would have been a million miles away <laughs> you know what i can throw this grill farther and faster than i can run it's like i don't know how much farther though so yeah that whole scene was what a little else? weird but it ended up just being funny because the dude had a heart attack and Reacher's like, asshole. Asshole, and he, yeah. Like, and he says, trans fats. There's a real murderer here. Um, yeah. And and the ambush is important because we see that O'Donnell saves Dixon and he has the shot. True. The headshot, gets yeah. it, bullseye. So it's important. I mean, Got just, the brass knuckles. obviously the fight scenes are great. Yep, he has his brass knuckles. Obviously, the fight scenes are great. Obviously, it's all cool to watch. We're just bitching a little bit about some mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I just don't think it make any sense. But we, but again, I'm the one who said in the beginning of this episode that you're just gonna have to mm-hmm. suspend your disbelief. And good TV, that's Not fine. Great TV, great TV. Yeah, we'll sort that all out. But this is good entertaining TV with a good story right. behind it. And that's what Pinchtown is. Right. We, we like finding good stories within TV shows that maybe not get all the love that they deserve. Not saying they're the best yeah, shows out exactly. there, but, the, but there's a good story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just real quick, the Rutgers line of O'Donnell going to law school. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Rutgers. Okay, so you kind of went to law school. So you don't know anything. And then and then Sky literally off. is like, you don't know you don't know anything, do you? And he's, he's like, Rutgers. <laughs> not I'm one like, of them. man, that. they're really busting on Rutgers here. I fuck, as 
Penn State alumni. We love it. It's yeah, amazing. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, and then he has that line where he was like, fair fight, and I'll put your lights out, Russo, talking to Reacher. And I'm like, dude, let us mm-hmm. a New Yorker. Just, you know, I'll, right. I'll talk. Just, I will not all talk because he actually would go through with it, but just oozing confidence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where then else? we end the episode with the, the motel, right? I mean, this is where, well, not end the episode, but we get closer to the mm-hmm. end of the episode with the motel where Guy shows up. And he's like, yo, man, pipe bomb in Queens. It was Queens, right? Yeah. Which cracks me up even more because Entourage, I am Queens Boulevard. Let's go. <laughs> but this is another thing where it's like, this is crazy. I mean, Richard just kills everybody in the freaking world. And he never has to worry about getting in trouble for it. But guys like pipe bomb, what the hell's going on? No more cowboy shit. I got some bad news. AM is in the wind. He knows he's burnt. The aliases aren't going to be a thing anymore. So, sorry, bro. Don't do anything crazy while we're trying to figure out our next move. Like you said, he gives him the phone, and guy leaves, and they said, well, what are we going to do now, boss? He says, let's do some cowboy shit. And mm. this was badass again. I mean, this show, let's not act like it doesn't get our blood pumping, man. <laughs> it, it's cool action. They all put their burglar masks on. He goes flying in reverse, <laughs> breaks into the new age, and they go through, start stealing a million things, but the big thing that they steal, obviously, is this poster, and we see Swan next to Langston. Now, my question's for you here, Okay. Swan was the only one who didn't have his house trashed. Correct. And they kept and they brought that up. Mm-hmm. And they said there must be a reason. We find out that the reason is because he's an employee, maybe. But my question to you is, is he good? And he worked for New Age, not realizing they were bad. And then when he realized they were bad, he started helping Franz, Franz, whatever. Or are we going to find out he was bad? I'd like to think that the show is pushing you to believe he's bad. Um, I want to go with what you're saying. I think that's a good idea that Franz, mm-hmm. whether he knew who New Age were before he went in to work for them or not, maybe he knew and was going to sabotage them from the inside out, or maybe he didn't know and then realized and said, hey, oh, I'm going to sabotage him. Um, right. I want to go with that one just because, again, like I could be wrong, but I just feel like if they're going with the theme that Breacher Squad was a good squad who cared about each other, then, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you just like to believe that Swan was, you know, a good person in that squad. And, and yeah, the fact that they have him standing directly next to Langston in the photo, too, it's like mm-hmm, it feels mm-hmm. like the show's kind of pushing you that way. Like, oh, look, right. association. These two are together. And you just right. watched him beat the shit out of his best friend. So... Yeah, I think he may even just be fully good, and like and like you had said, they just want to push us to think he's bad, but he is good, just didn't realize he was working for a bad company, or he purposely put himself as a mole into this bad company to help out the other special investigators who were working on this job. So we always talk about this on Benchtown TV. It's, you know, the people who are avid TV watchers that go through TV shows with a fine-tooth comb, like us as podcasters are just experienced watchers, and the casual viewers, maybe our parents or things like that, where if, I always joke, like if it's my dad watching the show and he sees Swan next to Langston, he's like, oh, Swan was bad. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the show wants you to think mm-hmm. because it wants the casual viewers to think, okay, Swan must have been bad. And then we're going to get the reveal that he never was bad Probably pretty damn quick. I mean, I would hope that Reacher and them would find out pretty quickly in the next episode that he's not. But we'll we'll see. Um, otherwise, those are three episodes, man. You have anything yeah. else? Um, just kind of lingering. Not even theories. Just more questions than anything. Obviously, number one in my head is what is going on with the numbers. You know, and the date, mm-hmm. we know it's dates, but we're still going, what were they counting down? Because we know from the first day to the last day, you know, it went from good numbers to abysmal numbers. We don't know what right. that means yet. We know that there's a transaction being, and a, a whole shipment being, you know, hauled in from somewhere. So I don't know if that mm-hmm. has to do with the numbers or not. And then what's, uh, what's the deal with AM and his comic books? He says, he said in yeah. episode two, you know why I love comics is because the good guy always wins. 
So mm-hmm. was he being ironic because he's a bad guy, or does he think he's really doing they good They always work? think they're the good guy in the scenario, man. It seems like he was talking about guns, though. There was at least guns involved yeah. in the transaction. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a bad dude. He just killed a guy straight up. He knows he's bad. Oh, yeah. But, okay, so. But that was kind of it. All Anything right. for you? Well, no, I think... Like I said, I don't want to go too much into theories. I think the talking about Swan was good. I think talking about some of the other stuff that we had many theories on was good. But trying to get into some major theories three out of three episodes in out of an eight episode season, I'm sure they will be wasting our breath. So we're not going to get too into it yet. But like I said, this was more of a broad episode. Once we start getting into next week and further, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Expect the deep dives. Expect the theories. We are going to get deeper now because we don't have as much to cover at one time. Brian will be joining us. We'll get his thoughts on season one and the first three episodes of season two. So that'll be a lot of fun. We'll have another podcast host with us. We always throw the theories at the wall, see if any of them stick. Sometimes we get them right. Sometimes we're way off. And guys, if you think that you have some theories, if you think our theories stink, if you think they're great, let us know. We have a Discord. We'll leave the Discord link in the description. Our Discord community is so fun. We, we will create today a Reacher feed for you guys to contact us. If you want any questions, comments, just talk about the show, talk about the pod. We have feeds for every other show we've covered, just shows in general. It's such a great time. Tweet at us, Instagram us, DM us, email us. We love talking about all of these shows with you. Otherwise, guys, like I said in the intro, we cover so many different shows, and we want you to join the fun for all of these shows. There's so many coming up, and there's so many that we already covered. So all you have to do is check us out at BingetownTV.com to find every single show we ever covered, or just search us on Bingetown on any of your favorite podcast apps and start scrolling, and you'll just see everything there. Otherwise, we will see you next week. We can't wait for episode four. We have screeners for this entire season, so we will try to get these episodes out as fast as possible for you all. Once again, we are Benchtown TV, and thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.